please never say die. Fourteen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode one seventy nine of Forty Going On Fourteen. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and this week we're talking about the personal computer, the only thing that has gotten me into trouble deeper and faster than tequila. And then you got that tequila computer. (laughs) (laughs) Deeper. Faster. What are we talking about? Deaf punk. What? What? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, this is Uh, a computer show. Talking about all things computers, then and now. Yeah, we're only talking about, like, desktops and laptops. Uh, I know everyone carries a computer with them pretty much uh, now with the advent of the smartphone, but uh, we're going to leave those pocket devices kind of out of our scope of what we're talking about today. Yeah, we're going to talk about desktops. We're going to talk about laptops. We're going to talk about Pentiums. Tablets? uh, Well, no. I mean, like, an iPad is too big for your pocket. Well, it depends on what kind of pocket you have, doesn't it? Yeah. Someone would have pockets for an iPad. <laughs> Wait, um, what? What? Here comes a hammer. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Back when Pentiums were new and cool. Uh, if you'd like to experience something new and cool, you can always check out the shows oh, on wow. the Podcast Collective. That was entirely too neat. Yeah, right. it wasn't, though. <laughs> I had to jump in there before someone started talking about... Oh. Balls! If you have balls, you need to check out the shows on the Podcast Collective, including On the Block, Dating Baggage, I Am Salt Lake, The Empty Ramp Podcast, and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. Heck yeah. And uh, if you're looking for older stuff, you can find us on uh, Geek, well, not older stuff, our shows come up on Geek Life Radio, 12 noon on Saturdays, and our older stuff is on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. And if you'd like to get in touch... 708 now wrap that's 708-669-9727 yeah or you can shoot us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com or reach out to us on twitter at 40go14 this is a rare week in that we do not have any listener feedback i was hopefully expecting something from the other podcast from uh the geek geek awakens right yeah, now this will be the second episode uh, you guys will be listening to since we got back from uh, LodgeCon. And uh, we, since we recorded the last one pre-LodgeCon, uh, we did not have the opportunity to uh, talk about the results of the uh, game showdown yes. with the uh, Geek Awakens. Yeah. Uh, we played Monty Python Flux. Yeah, that uh, – and um... – I kind of I kind of feel bad because I did not realize how deep down the rabbit hole the three of us go on Monty Python. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't guarantee victory. It just got us a couple extra cards here and there. Um, being able to quote Monty Python lines. I think we got a free card every time the wink, wink, nod, nod came up. Yeah. And uh, you, the bastard, holding on to the rules reset card through the entire friggin' game was... Yeah, I, well, no, I was not going to let the game become less complex because that's the uh, the fun of Flux for me. It totally is. But yes, guys, Geek Awakens, we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Dan the Board, I'm sorry I called you Dan the Board. Yeah, Dan the Bard. Dan the Bard. I'm, I'm not sorry that you called him Dan the Board. I just think it would be hilarious if there was like, and now, Dan the Board, and there's just like a loot nailed to a piece of pine. <laughs> I'd listen. With would, a jaunty hat. Yes. Oh. Jaunty Does it hat. have to be jaunty? Oh, yes. He has to have a jaunty hat. In fact, I think once you become a bard, 
you just like wake up and there's a jaunty hat waiting on your doorstep. Along with the t-shirt that says Bard on it. Yes. And all your stats. Thank you, Patrick, for bringing us to that time. (laughs) It is about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. All right. So uh, seeing that there is no real specific then for the date. So Patrick chose August 3rd, 1977. Is a release of Radio Shack's TRS-80 computer. It ex- featured a Zilog, Z- Z- Zilog. Zilog Z80 processor, four kilobytes of RAM, four <gasps> kilobytes of ROM, a keyboard, black and white video display, and a tape cassette for data storage for five ninety nine. I think I have a pair of scissors now with higher tech specs. I know for kill. Oh, we got to. We'll, we'll we'll talk about this later. I have I have. A, there's a special place in my heart for the TRS-80. Oh, same here. Yeah, we'll get there. All right. So, Pat, Josh, uh, Joel, whoever you are. <laughs> Pat, Joel. Pat, Josh, Joel. Music. Music. The number one song is "I Just Want to Be Your Everything" by Andy Gibb. Uh-huh. It's the Bee Gees all over again. Yeah, you know I kind of like that song. Yeah, I do too. I'm not a big Andy Gibb fan, but I do like that song. How does it go? I just want to be your everything. Oh I yeah. Okay, just imagine that, but a really high pitched. I just want to be your everything. There you go. There. Yeah, much oh. much closer. Totally. Yeah, sounds just high like. You're turning into Cartman. And that's some puppet on a string. I just want to hear everything in a very, very poorly done version, but that, that's it. Wow. Well, I'm going to go good. buy that now. The Pat version. <laughs> <laughs> it turns into an alpaca. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> okay, no more Andy Gibb in the twee. Turned <laughs> into a Trailer Park Boys alpaca. That was very fucky. All right. On August 7th, Samantha Ronson is born. She is a British DJ known mostly for her on-again, off-again relationship with Lindsay Lohan in the mid, or I'm sorry, in the late 2000s. So hmm. there. DJ lick a lot of puss. It's one of my favorite jokes, that, that punchline. And if Patrick was a time lord. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all be in trouble. Uh, all right, moving on to movies. The number one movie in America is The Spy Who Loved Me, which knocked off Star Wars. Wow. But didn't Star yeah. Wars come right back after that? No, th- this was one of the last times. This was the ninth week of Star Wars' was released, and it had already fell, fallen off and come back on a couple times. So I think this was the last time it was on number one. This isn't one of my favorite ones. Spy Who Loved Me isn't... I mean, even even the even the, the song in it wasn't awesome. It's like, well, it was it was by Andy Gibb? It was no Goldfinger. me. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, what was the song? The song was uh, "Nobody Does It Better." Yeah, I like that song. Well, I mean, it's not a bad song, but I don't think you know. I hear that, I don't go, oh. Well, I'm a big Carly Simon fan, though. Yeah, I mean, but like you hear uh, "View to a Kill," and you're like, oh yeah, that's a James Bond song. That's a good song. It is. Duran Duran. It's not a bad song. I just think it's not not. You used to like, play that in the clubs every now and then. A "View to a Kill." Well, that's because it was the 80s, and you were 23. No, it's because one of the waitresses really loved it, and she would dance to it every time I played it, so I played it for her all the time. 
Nice. Cool. Yeah. Total, total piggish reasons, but, you know, whatever. All right. On August 2nd, Edward Furlong is born in Pasadena, California, and later stars in Terminator 2, American History X, Pecker, and the acronym of the week, DRC, also known as Dinosaur Robot Cock. <laughs> and if Pat was a Time Lord. <laughs> that actually is the movie title, though, that's strangely enough. <laughs> Not Detroit Rock City. Right. Great movie. Never seen it. Well, take my word for it. Great movie. And it's all about kiss. All right. You know what? I've seen movies with you. I'm not taking any, any, I'm not taking a word. What? 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 Joel, I'm not taking Joel's word about a good movie at all. Oh yeah. That no. Josh, back me up. You've seen it, right? I mean, general, I trust Joel's opinion on a good movie. I don't necessarily, well, unless here's here's my opinion on Joel's movie. He he likes he likes really good movies and he likes really bad movies. So you you could never know if like his recommendation is a good one or a bad one because he he likes you know uh, something that's rated eighty seven on Rotten Tomatoes and he also likes something that's rated seventeen. True. Yeah, no, I bet you I could go on Rotten Tomatoes and find a movie rated seventeen that you like, Joel. Or I, I, that's my bet right now. Oh, easily on it. <laughs> Get down on it if you really want it. All right, uh, moving on. Tomas Lemarquis, an Icelandic film actor, is best known in America for his roles in X-Men Apocalypse and Snowpiercer. Born August 3rd, his most distinguishing physical features are his bald head, lack of eyelashes and eyebrows. They are the result of him losing his hair at the age of 13 to alopecia universalis. Alpaca universalis. Yeah. <laughs> Pat, aren't you glad I had to read that one? Right. No. <laughs> yeah, it might have been more entertaining with someone just else. I thought about throwing it into the TV section just for oh, fun. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, Joel, what's your opinion on Snowpiercer? I I, I wanted to like it, but in the end, I was kind of let down by it, honestly. Oh, good. I, I, for a moment there, I thought you were going to be wrong. I, I mean, the, 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 the film itself is, is very well done, but the... The story and the, everything else about it just is kind of a letdown. Obviously, the basic concept, Lana. Oh. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, it's yeah, it's well shot and the idea is good, but it is heavy-handed as fuck. Yeah, yeah. They're on a train that drives around the world, and everybody has a different cast system depending on which car you live in, and you can't go to the next car if you are not part of that. That is pretty system. ham-handed. I can already tell. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's. I mean, uh, let it, me guess. It it, it it glorifies the cast system and says it's all good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's about what people I in the front cars are awesome people. Yep, <laughs> they're all giving and nice. Yeah, I see it. I, I've seen that a million times. All right, <clears throat> all right. Also, movies released this week include "Race for Your Life," Charlie Brown, and "Kentucky Fried Movie." I miss those movies. The I don't Charlie remember Brown? the first one. Oh, the race for your life. That was when Charlie Brown goes on the rafting race, and they fall out. They fall out of the water, and they have to survive, and they wind up eating Linus. <laughs> <laughs> and Pigpen gets raped. <laughs> Squeal like Aww. a pig pen. Damn you, Dusty! Well, that got dark. <laughs> That's what got him in trouble. Oh, Zing. wait, what? I took offense to that, but I'm not sure if I should have. I don't. I don't was that offensive? I was actually know. talking about Kentucky Fried Movie. Oh, okay. 
think the crazy anthology movies, Kentucky Fried Movie or Amazon Women on the Moon. I loved Amazon Women on the Moon. Kentucky Fried Movie was kind of hit or miss. Was was Kentucky Fried Movie the one with Catholic high, high school girls in trouble? I really uh, don't yes, believe so. Okay, I think it was. I saw them both in high school. I don't. I haven't seen them since. Uh, I should uh, watch them again. I wonder if they'd still be funny. We should do those movies versus Movie Forty Three. That's actually what I was thinking. I just couldn't remember the number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I okay. was Googling it while we were talking. Hey, Pat. Mm-hmm. I did a search for uh, lowest rated Rotten Tomatoes movies, and I found a list on Wikipedia of ones that received a 0% rating. How many of them do you like? Well, I, you, only, <laughs> you only tasked me to find one, so I found one. Uh, Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star. Oh, my God. The Nick Swartzen movie? Yes. I I am a Dick Swartzen fan, and I haven't even seen that movie. It's I thought it was funny. I probably should watch it. I would probably like it. So there you go, zero percent done. It's zero three point three rating on IMDb. So you're all over the board, is my point. You can't. I mean, I take your recommendation. Like if I like them, you know, but I don't necessarily like if I think a movie might be good and you like it, then I'm like it's probably good. But if I think a movie might be crap and you like it, I'm like I don't know, it might be good, might be crap. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on, Josh. Don't move on, Josh. Move on, Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so, TV. Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, and MASH are the top shows in the land right now. Uh, only two of them are spinoffs. Laverne and Shirley came second, right? The first Happy Days and then Laverne and Shirley. Yes. Yes. MASH. Because they were, they were two dates for... That's right. TV. And MASH was not a spinoff of anything until they tried to do after MASH. Right. Which was well, terrible. I guess MASH was a TV version of the... Movie, movie by yeah. Robert Altman, but yeah, which was great. Pat and I were talking about that. That when I worked at the video store back in like uh, 89, 90, I used to put MASH on because it was rated PG, and the rule was that you couldn't, you could, you couldn't put any movie on that was more than PG, and MASH was rated PG, so I would put it on. <laughs> there's <laughs> dropping the N bomb. I think there were some titties in there. Uh, it's on the. My boss was like, "Why do you keep putting this?" I'm like, "You said PG." So then they changed the rules in the back room to anything PG except MASH. <laughs> so, oh, I know so that for Donald Sutherland. Well, then I put uh, Airplane on. and <laughs> <laughs> No love for Spear Trucker Jones. Uh, so uh, Lindsay Sloan Lakin Rollins was born August 8th. Sloan is best known for playing Valerie Burkhead in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It's a strange, strange name for a character. Uh, Emily in The Odd Couple, a show that is currently running. She has also starred in films such as Bring It On, She's Out of My League, The Other Guys, Horrible Bosses, both one and two. Her first recurring television role was as Alice Pettermere on The Wonder Years. Sloan also appeared on episodes of Darman and Greg, My So-Called Life, That 70s Show, West Wing, Entourage, How I Met Your Mother, The League, Weeds, and Psych. She's been in a lot. I know her. I just looked her up. And she's not dead, which was surprising, because I was expecting that to... No death in the tweet this week. I was going to say, so much birth. (laughs) (laughs) It is what... Death death took a a holiday. Hey, that sounds like a... Somebody should write something like that. Sports! (laughs) Sports. Yoshitatsu, a WWE wrestler from 2007 to 2014, was born August 1st. The reason you've never heard of him is because he was no one. Mario rode him around in quite a few games. That's a different Yoshi. There's actually a a heated debate on the top 
WWF wrestler on my, strangely enough, my sister's Facebook page right now. That They're debating what? The best WWF wrestler. Oh, I had to go in there. Like of all time? I'm going with the giant panda. <laughs> no, that's, that's after all, second. he beat the whole company. Uh, I think. I think. <laughs> okay, somebody got it. Delayed yeah. joke. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Moving on, on August 1st, the San Francisco Giants' Willie McCovey hits the the National League record 18th Grand Slam of his career, a record still held today. You guys know what a Grand Slam is? Yes. I was just waiting for you to say he'd just been born. I thought that was amazing that a baby hit the 18th Grand Slam. (laughs) (laughs) Fought the panda. Tom Brady, NFL superstar (laughs) and one of only two players with five Super Bowl rings, was born in San Mateo, California on August 3rd. I'm sure all of you guys have heard of Tom Brady. Yes, I have. Yep. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, well, everybody else answered. Uh, yeah, I know who Tom Brady is. So there you go. Da, 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 da. <laughs> all right, so some of us remember a time when a computer was not a standard thing in your house. In fact, I think all four of us can recall a time when we didn't have a computer. Oh, yeah. I go for as uh, latched to my PC as I am today. It was pretty late in life when I got one comparatively. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I had one actually in the eight in the 80s, but we'll get to that eventually. Um, Patrick, how about you? Do you um, the first family computer that we got uh, what I was God, I, uh, 13 or 14. I was 13. Because we bought it when we were living in, um, yeah. So I was, I was <laughs> we were living in, yeah. You, know, you guys don't need to. You guys don't need to know where the hell I was living. So I, in a house. No, that's how I know. We were the only homeless people with a computer. Nice. Yeah. Cups of electricity. Fancy. Mine first computer was the Atari eight hundred. It was came out in Oh shit! You know, if we're gonna go with that, yeah, I had a one of those uh, Commodore keyboards that you would plug into the TV. And I'm looking at this now, and I'm like, "What the hell were you thinking, Mom and Dad? That was a thousand dollars for that fucking thing." Jeez. Yeah, my cousins had one. It was probably the first computer I ever used, but I could only use it at Christmas. Yeah, it was. It was interesting because it, you know, came with ten and sixteen k ROM chips that you could plug in the back, and basic was a cartridge. <laughs> so I think. For me, my my dad was always into gadgets, and so we had an Apple II. I think it was an E, maybe. Um, I was twelve, maybe ish, around there. And I remember it being where I remember where it would where it was, and uh, I didn't use it much at that point. But eventually, when we got a couple games for it, like Karatika and and Load Runner, then I was in there all the time playing. Yeah, my catch on that one was that we got it, but unfortunately, after spending that much money on the computer itself, we couldn't afford a floppy drive. So anything that <laughs> I wrote in BASIC, I had to just leave it running, and then eventually it would get turned off, because oh, just like the Nintendo oh. thing. So, all right, but let's get through a little bit of the uh, the history of computers. I mean, we're going way back on this one. So all the way far back to 1801 in France... Joseph-Marie Jacquard invents a loom that uses punched wooden cards to automatically weave fabric designs. Very similar to the early computers that would use punch cards for their programming. 
Wow, that's going way back. Yeah, I know, 1801. But um, 1822, a guy, uh, English mathematician Charles Babbage conceives of a steam-driven calculating machine that would be able to compute tables of numbers. Uh, the English government funded it, but it failed. A century later, though, the world's first computer was actually built. Somehow water and computers don't mix. Well, I mean, it was well, more, that was more like a machine. That was literally a machine. Yeah, you can build uh, computers based on the theories that they couldn't get to work in Minecraft or in uh, – oh, what's the one with Sackboy? Uh, oh, that's um, Patrick's Little computer. Big Planet. <laughs> the Little Big Planet. Yeah. Where you can actually put together physical computers to do calculations based on some of those theories from the time of Babbage. Nice. Wow. Except you can make them work since you have infinite resources, infinite, uh, like you don't get tired. You don't have to like buy more materials to debug it. Yeah. So he didn't live to see his creation actually work. No, no, not at all. Damn, uh, that sucked. Well, I mean, he at least gave the concept of it. It took us a century later to figure it out when, uh, was it 1936, Alan Turing presents the notion of a universal machine, later called the Turing machine, capable of computing anything that is computable. <laughs> <laughs> the central concept is mo of the modern computer was based on these ideas. And now we can download cat memes in a heartbeat. <laughs> I was going to say, now everyone's got one in their pockets, and uh, teenagers use it to show each other pictures of their genitals. And their food. Sometimes their food. at the same time. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going. That's where I was headed. <laughs> So, uh, 37, 1937, J.V. Asinoff, professor of physics at Iowa State University, attempts to build the first computer without gears, cams, belts, or shafts. And he, <laughs> he, and shafts, yeah. <laughs> All right. He, he fails. Um, <laughs> yes, the shafts would reappear once we got Instagram. Chat roulette. 43, 44. God, that, jeez. Uh, two university professors, John McCaldy and Presper Eckert, build the first electronic Numerical Integrator Calculator, ENIAC, considered the grandfather of digital computers. It is, fills a 20-foot by 40-foot room and has 18,000 vacuum tubes. Yeah, ENIAC is what I usually think of when I think of the first real computer. Yeah. Have you guys seen pictures of that thing? Oh, it's immense. Oh, yeah. It is. It that's is, what she said. Yay. Um, oh, that's, that's a name for your penis. ENIAC? Yeah, because it's immense. Yeah, it's and ancient and full of vacuum, <laughs> full of vacuum tubes. Exactly. <laughs> so what I think is hilarious uh, is they so every now and then on Reddit the picture of their uh, RAM chips will show up, and the things are like three and a half feet long, you know, weigh forty pounds, and have five kilobytes of RAM. Which at the time, hey, or they'll show a truck unloading a one megabyte hard drive. Yeah, pretty much. So, right, uh, and now you can buy a little zip drive that goes, or a flash drive that has 32 gigs on it. That's something else I want to get into later. Which, I, I just had a, I had a terabyte flash drive in my bag that got stolen. Uh, yeah, well, uh, and flash drives are considered kind of a uh, dead end technology that's kind of out of date now. Right, they're already starting to fall off. Yeah. With uh, the advent of cloud computing, which we'll get to in the second half. Right. So uh, 46, Mouchley and Presper leave the University of Pennsylvania to funding, receive funding from the Census Bureau to build UNIVAC, the first commercial computer for business and government applications. And that's because, because the first thing that they were actually using computers for was the national census. Yep. So. 
So William uh, Shockley, John Bardeen, William Bratton of Bell Laboratories invent the transistor in 1947, which changes everything, literally. <laughs> no longer have to use uh, vacuum tubes. Right yeah, I mean, around the time of the Roswell crash, too. You look at uh, the most amazing modern inventions, probably the internet, but before that, you've got the transistor, and I don't know that there's anything as big as those two in between. You know, I don't think so either. Thinking about it, I mean, there are a lot of... Shake weight. The shake weight. (laughs) I stand corrected, Pat. Yes, the shake weight is much better than the invention of the transistor. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 1953 grace hopper develops the first computer language which eventually becomes COBOL. uh thomas johnson watson son of ibm ceo thomas johnson watson senior <laughs> well like what a fun name thomas johnson watson yeah <laughs> he conceives the i want to change my name to thomas johnson Watson. yeah you still won't be rich um oh, he conceives the ibm 710 EDPM to help the United Nations keep tabs on Korea during the war. Ah, uh, see, Thomas Johnson Watson was not known for naming since uh, his own was so boring, which is how we got the 701 EDPM after ENIAC and UNIVAC. Yeah. Uh, Jack. He's all like, I am Thomas Johnson Watson. I do not name things sillyly. <laughs> sillyly? Sillyly. Sillyly. <laughs> All right, as Patrick has a seizure. Um, <laughs> 1958, Jack Kilby and Robert Noyce unveil the integrated circuit known as a computer chip. Kilby was awarded with the Nobel Prize in Physics in 2000 for his work. Jeez, wait a while. Right. Well, <laughs> you know what? In in that in his in the defense of that though, it wasn't until I mean computers were used, but it wasn't until like the late 90s, 2000s where it was like holy crap. Well, remember, like, when, when we were in college, I was the only kid in the whole dorm that had a computer with an internet access in his dorm room. Oh, yeah. Remember that? I had to, I had to like, like fill out a form and pay special and have them come in and connect it all up and everything. We got, what did you get, like, 28K? Yeah, I think, no, I think it was 56 baud. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> come a long way, baby. So. <laughs> Let's get, we're skipping ahead again. Yep. Skip ahead a bit. <laughs> Okay, 69, group uh, group of developers at Bell Lab produce Unix operating system. It was written in C, was also portable across multiple platforms, became the operating system of choice among mainframes at large companies and places where they make dinosaurs. Well, it was even big at universities because uh, Unix feeds into VaxVMS, and we were still using that in the early 90s on some of the terminals at the PC lab. Mm Mm-hmm. 71, Alan Shugart leads a team of IBM engineers who invent the floppy disk, which is now known as that weird little symbol for saving things. Yeah, the yeah. save symbol. That's good. Yeah, and kid, kids today have no idea why it looks like that. Well, right. And these floppy disks weren't the, you know, five-inch ones that we had. These things were like the size of uh, vinyl records. I don't know that I've seen a floppy disk larger than a five and a quarter, um, like actually anywhere yeah the old school ones like yeah no i've never seen one i've only seen them online yeah same here i've always seen like pictures of them so let's see moving on robert metcalf this is the big guy he discovered worked in the research staff for xerox develops ethernet for connecting multiple computers and other hardware together and this is where it starts and then we could play doom 
<laughs> oh, Groovy. All those cables running up and down the hallway. Uh, and land parties were born soon after. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, that was one of the first uh, video games. Was it? For, was it just called Starship, Josh? I don't know that it had a name. Uh, yeah, it was just basically oh, space war, space war. Okay, yeah, it was like just playing it on a grid type of thing, kind of, and it had a little uh, Star Trek kind of leaning to it. It was developed for the PDP one in 1961. Good God. All right, so 1974-77, a number of personal computers hit the market, including Skelby, Skelby, S-C-E-L-B-I, Skelby, and Mark 8 Altair, IBM 5100, and Radio Shack's TRS-80, affectionately known as the Trash 80, and the Commodore Pet. The TRS-80 was introduced in 77. It was one of the first machines whose documentation was intended for non-geeks. The initial production run of the TRS-80 was just 3,000 units, and it sold like crazy. So for the first time, non-geeks, for what they were considered back then, could write programs. Despite it being made for non-geeks, I used the shit out of a TRS-80. We had TRS-80s in my grade school. So did I, and I was in there every damn day. What was was I playing? Choplifter. (laughs) I I used to write programs for the kid. For the other kids in the class, like that, they had to turn in, and I would sell them to them for like ten dollars each. Oh, cool! Because I just loved programming, so I would write all these programs that filled all the requirements of the homework and sell them to the kids. Just put them on a little cassette tape, sell the tapes for ten dollars each, and that's what they would turn in. Crazy. Yeah, I don't think my uh, elementary school had one the entire time I was there. The the first exposure I had to a uh, computer in an educational setting was the local library had a single Apple IIe. See, we had we had the, the TRS-80, and we also had an Apple IIe. We had, actually had more than one Apple IIe. And when we, they had, we actually had uh, basic programming classes when I was in seventh grade. So. Um, right about the same time, actually, when I was in, well, I would have been, I think, probably sixth grade at that point, because we're, I'm a little, just a hair younger. Um, we had one in our classroom uh, my buddy Chris, which you guys may remember from my wedding, he and I used to uh, to hang out there and my mom used to be on the board. And so she'd be there for late night meetings and we'd go to the classroom and, and rewrite <laughs> rewrite the software because he knew enough about computer, like basic computer language that we would go in and we would like add dirty, you know, words into the, the games and things that we had. So we were early forms of hackers. That's That's pretty much the the theme of our lives we know just enough to cause trouble right <laughs> that is entirely too true <laughs> and we'd giggle at it because it said fart or poop or whatever <laughs> fart <laughs> uh, what we used to do we had the uh the cassette player next to it and being you know the time when everybody had a walkman one of the one of the fun things to do was when somebody would put on their headphones and weren't looking you would take one of the cassette tapes out of the trs-80 one of the programming cassette tapes and put it in your walkman and then when you turn it on, instead of getting whatever you listen to, you get that nasty-ass programming noise. Sounded like, for those of you who don't remember, the internet used to have a sound. did. <laughs> 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 All right. So, 75, the January issue of Popular Electronics features the Altair 8080, the world's first mini-computer kit to rival commercial models. Two computer geeks, Paul Allen and Bill Gates, offer to write software using BASIC. Uh, on April 4th, after the first success, they uh, found the company Microsoft, 
and then would later go on to rule the world. Yep. Yeah, just about. Pretty much. See, where were you on this, Joel? You were typing poop, and he's making Microsoft. Right, I know. The, I... Sorry, I was going to say, that's the grandfather of the 8088, which is what the, the first computer that my family ever had. If only I'd paid more attention to what Chris was actually doing, instead of just like, okay, dude, put the word fart in there. That's so funny. Wait till tomorrow when the other guys see it. I mean, to be fair, it was 1975. You were like one. Well, not then. I'm talking like. <laughs> I was going to say, I was not an idea yet. But right. I mean, you think about it. I mean, not wrong. I mean, Microsoft, Google, what? Maybe Netflix. I don't know. Disney. Yeah. Control the planet, basically. Her, um, not Hershey. What's the other one? Chocolate. Nestle. Girl. Nestle. They're, they're the big evil one. Disney. Um, that too. Caramels. Uh, 1976, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak start Apple computers on April Fool's Day and roll out the Apple One, the first computer with a single circuit board, which is pretty important at the time, cutting down the size of things. Uh, Jobs and Wozniak incorporate Apple and show the Apple II at the West Coast Computer Fair. It offers color graphics and incorporates an audio cassette drive for storage. Yes, uh, definitely this computer is responsible for many hours of playing Oregon Trail and where in the world is Carmen Sandiego. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn it, I died of dysentery. Leisure Suit Larry, having to answer the question at the very beginning. See if you're old enough to play the game. <laughs> um, 78, accountants rejoice at the introduction of VisiCalc, the first computerized spreadsheet program. Somewhere, they're still coding things in. So, first IBM personal computer, August 12th, 1981, used MS-DOS. Apple's Lisa shows up in 83, the first personal computer with a GUI, that's graphical user interface. Features drop-down menus and icons, and eventually it flops, but eventually evolves into the Macintosh. Yeah, Lisa was a big... I mean, he named it after, what, his daughter, I think? Yeah. That was a big failure, I mean, in, in, in the grand scheme of things, but, I mean, look what came out of it. Well, I think he was just that he was a couple years off. You know, Microsoft, <clears throat> excuse me, holy crap, I'm there. <laughs> Microsoft. <laughs> turn, into, turn into Cookie Monster. Uh, <laughs> 1985, Microsoft announces Windows. It's a response to Apple's GUI. Commodore unveils the Amiga 1000, which features advanced audio and video capabilities. Man, I remember when Windows first came out and, like, the idea of being able to run multiple programs at the same time just blew my mind. Oh, yeah. Because I was running off of DOS at the, you know, I was like putting floppies in and telling it to run and shit, you know, and then suddenly you can do one thing, and while that's doing something, you can do something else. It's like what? Yeah, that was crazy. This is yeah. madness. Uh, the first .dot com domain is registered on March fifteenth, years before the World Wide Web would mark a formal beginning of internet. The Symbolics Computer Company, a Massachusetts computer manufacturer, registers Symbolics .dot com. More than two years later, only 100 dot-coms had been registered. Uh, Josh, a, do you remember us having that conversation in, this, in the computer lab talking about, man, we should just register like Coke.com and Pepsi.com and Mountain Dew.com? Right. And then we just never did that? Yep. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have worked out for us. No. I mean, it, it, who needs like, you know, $10,000, easy dollars at a time? Right. Oh, or a million for, like, you know, NBA.com or whatever. All right, we're going down a rabbit hole here. This is, <laughs> uh, we should be rich, damn it. Uh, um, they would have just seized it from us through the court yeah. system. Probably. 
And the uh, as of now, I looked it up. There are over seven billion dot coms. Wow, it's dot com. <laughs> All right. So now there's kind of a big change. Compaq brings a Desk Pro 386 into the market. Uh, it's an eight nineteen eighty six. It's a thirty two bit architecture over the eight bit previous, and provides speed comparable to mainframes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, nineteen ninety. Berner, Tim Berners-Lee, a researcher at CERN, devel- uh, develops hypertext markup language, HTML, and gives us the uh, coding language for the for the internet. You know, uh, for the World Wide Web, the yeah. internet's already there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is also the same year that I I uh, went to college and I bought a three eighty six, had it custom made, and it was like the fastest computer on the market at the time, and. I remember the day I bought it, you know, my dad and his geek friend, his best friend, who's they were both in the computers. They were both in there, like, you know, amazed at how fast it was booting up and it was still taking, like, you know, a full minute. Yeah. I never knew what HTML stood for. God, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> what? Yeah, because you would have guessed that. I really didn't. And when you said it, I'm like, oh, but I had my mic muted. Between uh, 90 and 93, which is our next thing, this is where I got my first computer. Uh, 1992, uh, I remember going uh, to get a uh, 486. It was right before the Pentium. Yeah. Which and uh, was that the one that you had in the in the dorm? Well, I got uh, I got an upgrade shortly after I got to the dorm. Uh, I, I was like the first person to have a super fast Pentium for the time. Mm-hmm. I think you were also the first person to have a full gig hard drive. Yes. And we were like, wow, look at all that room. We yeah, never we're never going to need all that room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I'm I'm talking to the girls about getting a, a two terabyte drive. I'm like, oh, that's a lot of space. I'm like, I have a I have a terabyte drive in my PlayStation. Right. Seriously. That's not. And I had an external terabyte drive in my bag. Yep. As I've mentioned. That got yeah. stolen. Yeah. Got stolen by the crackhead. That 486 uh, had uh, Space Quest. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pre-installed on it. I, I think that uh, they. It was also my first pirated game because it was installed on the copy. Because I think we got a demo unit, like a floor unit. Oh, neat! And uh, I bought the uh, Colonel's Bequest, my first PC game, cool. both from Sierra. Oh, Sierra! I loved the shit out of Sierra. And they made games too. Uh huh. Yeah, Space Quest was my jam, as we've talked about before. Yeah, Space Quest Four was the one that was uh, pre-installed, and they just gave me the copy protection for it. Roger Wilco and the Time Rippers. <laughs> Pretty neat. All right, so the PCs become gaming machines in 1994. This is after the creation of the Pendium in 1993. Uh, Command and Conquer, Alone in the Dark Two, Theme Park, Magic Carpet. Oh, I remember. Hey, Pat, remember playing Descent? (laughs) They're re-releasing Descent this year. He's still nauseous thinking about it. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, If you never played Descent, uh, the main thing about it was it was a spaceship game that didn't have you just on a locked horizontal plane. You could uh, turn the ship upside down and barrel roll, whatever, go in any direction. And uh, I know Pat still struggles with motion sickness with first-person games, and Descent wrecked his world. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Pat, come in here. Sucks. Look at this game. Oh, hey, what do you got? And I just immediately fell to the ground like like a paraplegic. So uh, 
And Josh and Doom. Do you guys remember being able to buy sh- uh, shareware at the grocery store? Oh, yeah. Floppy disks on the little spinny uh, metal rack. Yeah. Most of those games are fucking awful. Yeah, occasionally. I mean, the original Duke Nukem showed up that way. <laughs> what a mess. I don't remember Duke Nukem being shareware. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. A little of the side scroller. Oh, you're talking about before Duke Nukem 3D. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh okay. That's fair. Yeah. It was it was the uh, the little um, Mario-esque one. Right. The original. Yeah. So, yeah. 96, Sergey Brin and Larry Page developed the Google search engine, which now lives in your brain because it knows everything about you. And it's really one of us. Boy, it's so creepy well, now. Do you guys remember, though, when um, when it was, you know, Alta Vista or Netscape or whatever, when that was around and the search engine, I mean, that was kind of your your go to engine. And then Google happened and we're like. What is this? This is never going to be a thing. It's too simple. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. How can this ever replace Ask Jeeves? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and now you're right. It's creepy. I mean, like it, it's attached to everything you have. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it literally like learns whatever, however it does it with the, I don't know, magic. And it's creepy as hell. Well, I, especially because now like I'll go out for a walk and we'll be like, hey, just notice you did some exercising. Would you like to record that? I'm like, no, you creeper. Get the hell out of my <laughs> We Stop say as we're all talking on Google Hangouts. Yeah, I know, I know. Stop rubbing Say-ing. my shoulders, Google. <laughs> you creep. All right. And then uh, Microsoft invests $150 million in Apple, which was struggling at the time. And then Apple ends the court case against Microsoft, in which it alleged that Microsoft copied the look and feel of its operating system. Hey, you copied our stuff. Here's $150 million. It's so it's cool. We'll get back to you. Yeah, <laughs> I can hey, take. You stole from us what we stole from Xerox. Yeah, uh, and then the term. How dare all of us? Nineteen ninety nine. The term Wi Fi becomes part of computing language as users begin to connect to the internet without wires. Now, what what do you if you think back in the nineties? What was the big computer? Your favorite computer from back then? You know, it's oh, like, it's got to be the Pentium. Oh yeah, Josh, you remember going to the going to. Uh, Best Buy with me and Suzanne to buy her first computer. Oh, yeah. That was fun. We need to bring somebody that knows the computers. Can we just ask somebody there? No. <laughs> that thing, she paid, I think she paid like $1,200 for it. Over 1000 1200 to $1,500. And it was a Pentium, it's a Pentium 2 at that point. That makes sense because Pentium 3 would have been 99 yeah, Pentium Two. It was in. It was before we got married, so it was around ninety four. That that. I, I had a Dell at that point. Dude, you got a which Dell, I, which I just absolutely hated with a passion. Well, I, I was on Acer's from my first one to a long time. Acer's well, I remember brand. probably about ninety seven when I was living in the the box apartment on in uh, Elmwood Park. Um, <laughs> we were like, we want to get a computer. Who should we take with us? Jay. So we took Jade with us, and he's like, oh, you should get a compact. And we got a compact, and I think he's still apologizing for that. <laughs> was that the one where everything was welded in? Yes. Everything yeah. was – it was a... go ahead, I, Josh. I was just going to say they were supposed to be the, idiot-proof. Yeah. The, the board – it was a soldered board, so if you wanted to expand the hard drive, you couldn't. I mean, you couldn't make any adjustments to it to make it any better or worse than it was. And I ran that thing into the ground, but I mean – that was the first computer I bought as an adult. 
Yeah, for a while I was doing tech support, like call me, I come to your house and fix the computer. And on the ad I put out, I said I wouldn't work on compacts. That really makes sense. Well, I mean, they're not lying, idiot proof. If you can't take anything out, you can't screw it up. Yeah, but if you also, if you break something that you're not supposed to be able to break, and if it's supposed to be idiot proof, nature will build you a better idiot. Mm -hmm. And when they break it, you can't fix it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I Deltreed that computer. Um, one of my favorite memories after after Suzanne and I had gotten married, we were over at her parents' house, and her father had decided that he wanted to buy a computer. And it was I don't know where it came from. It, I know I know when we arrived, he hadn't just hadn't thought about buying this computer. But some point in the morning, like at seven a.m., he came to the bedroom with the with the phone, woke me up, and he's like, "I'm buying a computer. Here, talk to the guy." And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "Hello." Hi, this is Dell. I'm like, but first, give me that olive oil. Yeah. <laughs> um, <he's, laughs> you derailed me. No, it was just like, <laughs> that's the first thing in the morning, and I'm talking to the guy. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I know about computers. Okay, yeah, so hang on, hang on. You know, I was like, dude, my father-in-law literally just woke me up to come and talk to you about computers. And the guy the guy on the other end is like, I'm sorry. You know, had some had some coffee, got on that. And what about, um, what was the name of the the brand that had the the, the cows on it? Gateway, oh, Gateway two thousand. They they uh ended up making pretty solid machines. Yeah, I got a Gateway after my Dell. I was going to say until my most recent one, uh, the computer that lasted me the longest any has was a Gateway uh, Media Center, and I only just replaced that last year after having it for almost six years. Wow, that's I I have. I know that a lot of the computers nowadays have gone to the smaller profile, like the smaller little, you know, fit on the desk type computers. That's why I always hated Apple's because you can't do anything with them. You know, my thing is if you, when we would go buy a computer, we go to Gateway and they'd be like, oh, look at this small, look at the small profile on this one. It's so tiny. It's going to be, you know, because remember their stores used to look like barns. And then yeah. Order it there and yeah. they deliver it to the house. Um Remember that, the, and the guy's like, oh, look at this one. It's, you know, it's the smallest one we've got. It'll fit on there. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want small. I want to be able to, you know, my thing around with buying computers is I want to be able to open it up, take crap out, put new stuff in. Sure. And if you've got those micro or mini towers, uh, the airflow on them is shit. So if you do manage to soup up your system a little bit, there's no guarantee you're not going to overheat it. Right. So, Joel, what other computer stuff you got from, from the then? You have a favorite game from them? Uh, well, um, I mean, when I was a kid, of course, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Karateka and, and Load Runner were my go-to games. Mm. Um, but once I hit college, of course, all of you will always remember my Duke Nukem 3D um, sickness. I, think well, I even it. remember you getting into Doom when uh, we started editing WAD files, making our yeah. own levels. Doom is what started it because I just I fell in love with that whole first person shooter thing. But once Duke Nukem came out and I was just like, I mean, I was I was it was a sickness. It was it was ugly when I played. Yeah, they had that first time you had the illusion of actually having like multiple levels in 3D, which didn't actually show up until Quake. But uh, Duke Nukem hid the fact that it wasn't true 3D arenas so well that it felt like it was. And I think. You know, it's funny that I I never got into Quake. I tried. I just I never liked it. I, I was always Doom or Duke Nukem, and so that that was my go to game. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't on computers. I don't think I had another game that I really got into after that. 
I remember when we had the land going from the basement to the second floor, uh, we found out that the only reason you would ever want to connect a Mac with a PC was because Warcraft 2, you could play cross-platform. And uh, Jay and I got to the point where Warcraft 2 wasn't fun anymore because we realized on every map there were an odd number of gold mines or an odd number of some other resource. We'd each get the, however many were on our own side. And the entire battle was based on who got the one in the middle. But until then it was a really fun game. Oh yeah, absolutely. We spent hours and hours getting to that uh, point. I, I remember blasting Metallica's black album or, uh, and sending catapults across the field with don't tread on me playing in the background. <laughs> Strong memory. What about you guys then? I mean, well, Patrick, what about me? Your favorite game back then? What talking about? Yeah, on the computer. We know it wasn't Descent. No. Hmm. I remember you got me into front front page sports football. Yeah, that that I would have to say that was probably you know any any of the the sports strategy games where you could draft players and build teams and have dynasties and things like that. Those were always my favorite types of games. Because I wasn't big on uh, the first-person shooters or the you know anything with too much motion. <laughs> because the graphics back then were just not good enough, and it always just made me violently ill. Nowadays, I can watch them. Um, I can watch like the the PlayStation games, and the Xbox games, without getting violently ill. You can play them though, or just watch both. I, I, I can. I don't enjoy them, but I can do them at least. Yeah, he can. He played. Borderlands for a little while with me. I think I think it's just because it got so so it's so much smoother than it used to be. Right, exactly. I think it's just you know the refresh rate is so much better and pick so much so much less pixels and it's just looks much more real now. And I, I think it just my brain has an easier time with it. Yeah, a lot of people get that motion sickness because uh, they're very sensitive to their field of vision. Uh, Sarah has the same thing. She had to take uh, Dramamine before we played Borderlands because your body is just like okay. Uh, eyes are telling us we're moving. Ears are saying we're not. Fuck it, we're being poisoned. Make us sick. Yeah, and <laughs> I have a, a really ridiculously large uh, peripheral vision, so I think probably that doesn't help either. Because, like, if I'm looking straight ahead of the computer screen and everything's moving, but everything on the you know fifty percent of my field of vision isn't, I think it messes with my head. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm spitballing here. I don't know. <laughs> so wait. Have we uh, touched upon the PC Lab at all? We have not talked about the PC Lab. Yeah, let's talk about that, because our first experience with first-person shooters was the day the Doom demo dropped and the guys in the PC Lab uh, downloaded it. Uh, Our first experience with email. Mm -hmm. Our first experience with IRC. Uh, We touched on some of these things back in the online chat program show. Well, yeah, yeah. Those of you that don't know, IRC, Internet Relay Chat, which I think Jay, Jay built the shell for to make it easier for us to log on to, and uh, also was resulting in many people probably having to drop out of school. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember sitting around the computer when Nate Stolman was downloading the beta test for Doom and not having any idea what the hell was going on. Uh, yeah, he he called Joel and I to the the PC lab, and it was Joel, Will, and Nate, and uh, and I, and we were just sitting there, and he was just like, "This this is going to be huge. This is just going to be immense." And as soon as it was downloaded, he he set up terminals for all of us. That was the end. <laughs> well, and I remember when we started doing the IRC stuff, 
and the muds and whatnot. And I think we talked about this on the other show too, but realizing that I was connecting with people around the world, it was no longer just people in the lab or your friends. It was people in Australia. It was people on the other side of the globe, you know, mm-hmm. it was kind of blew my mind. One of the, I don't, I just, blah, 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 blah. for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of the program, but when Suzanne and I lived in Georgia, down in the Bible Belt, believe it or not, Magic the Gathering is not really popular. So I didn't have anybody to play with. I found a program back then, and I, to the life of me, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a way of playing Magic online where you would go in there and you would key in what your cards did. They had like a little database that you can download. You could build your decks. There were no graphics. I mean, well, there were graphics, but they were just like um, a little square with the words on it and maybe, you know, RR and a two for red mana and, you know, colorless mana. But you were actually able to chat with somebody and play magic with them on dial-up. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that thing was even existed. Oh, yeah, it was. It was. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember the name of it. I'm trying to figure out the name, what it was. But it was. I. Pl- I mean, it was my my thing. You know, relax. I wasn't able to. You know, not like you can go down to the local coffee shop in Woodstock, Georgia, <laughs> because there was only one coffee shop, and it was a Christian coffee shop. And apparently, I discovered if you go in there with somebody and you sit down and play magic, they look at you very sternly, and then suggest you don't come back. And when you're when you're working as a youth leader in a church in that small of a town, the word gets around. So that was awesome. I hate Georgia. <laughs> what just happened? I just Mike went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> we went on a stream of consciousness with Michael there for a moment. <laughs> now I'm back. Stream of consciousness with Pat. Oh, you don't want that. <laughs> you really no. don't. No. And then of course there was the introduction of Bob Yeah, we are not talking We're about not talking porn. about Bob Gif. No, we are that's keeping my world changed. We are keeping this PG thirteen to a light R. Yeah, <laughs> it all can flash his boobs. That's about it. Okay. Let's just say it was the advent of me going. I don't have to pay for it anymore. Well, you didn't have to pay for it before. You just go over and ask Pat. I don't know. True. My co- my collection was comparable. All right. But on anyway, that, on that high note, you want to take a break? <laughs> yeah, I think we've covered all of the stuff that we haven't already talked about in previous shows. Since we already did a whole show on the early MUDs, where we did a whole show on the early chat programs, I think when it comes to the hardware and how we interacted with it, um, we pretty much covered it. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I do remember uh, those first early days when we had to uh, get our music through Napster and LimeWire. But I think we've even talked about that. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. we used to stream. We used to stream Napster at work all the time at Classified Ventures until Brian told us, uh, "Yeah, stop doing that." <laughs> well, it was like installed into the computers. It was like right. pre-installed, right? And we had to go around and remove it from everybody's computers. Yeah. That was that was like the best thing ever. Well, at the time, right? Yeah, a Napster with a T one line. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right. So we're ready to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, computers from the year two thousand till now, the last seventeen years of uh, using. Year two thousand. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs>
right, so we talked a little bit previously, or a little bit, we talked a lot about computers that we used back then. Now we're talking about the computers that we're using right now. So to break into it, we're going to step into 2001, where Mac, Apple unveils their Mac OS X operating system, uh, which had all sorts of stuff. Protected memory architecture, which I'm entirely Lots of bells and whistles. Yes, preemptive multitasking and other benefits. Not to be outdone, Microsoft rolls out Windows XP and later says, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. XP was one. This was about the time I started skipping Microsoft products when it comes to operating systems. Well, XP I, uh... wasn't real bad. What am I thinking of? ME. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, ME was bad, and the um, the NT, the network version, was bad. Well, NT was designed for business applications, and everything after, I think, 98 was based off of the NT kernel. I could be wrong on that. 98 might have had it as well. Because hmm. yeah, I went from... was real bad. Yeah, I went from 95 to 98 and stayed on 98 for a long time. Maybe till Windows 7. I was on XP until 7. Uh, yeah, same here. Yeah, XP was until 7 for me also. I did have, when I worked at TJ's, um, oh, I just got went to Reddit. I got the reply. The name of the program was called Apprentice. Mm. Yeah, Apprentice was active until just a couple of years ago when uh, Cockatrice basically just made it not worth anything. <laughs> I, the problem is, is like even though Cockatrice doesn't have enforcement of the rules, it has so many... Uh, additional features that uh yeah apprentice is not it's completely out of date yeah but back in 96 apprentice was a shit for yeah i vaguely remember you installing apprentice even before you left for georgia yeah put must around with that for a little bit before then and then you were able to like create your own cards you can put together your dream deck and play it and that sort of thing it was it was a lot of fun uh but going back to now uh was there saying uh my manager when i worked for trader joe's he was like you know, I got, do you know about computers? Like, yeah, I know about computers. You know, it's like, well, I'm having problems with my computer. I'm like having problems, internet problems. <laughs> Whenever someone at work asks, do you know about computers? The answer is no. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have seen not really. that. What is this computer thing? Um, well, the internet, actually, is that coming on computers now? Yeah. It was actually pretty easy to, uh, to, to figure out. He's like, I'm having network, you know, I can't get on the internet, this, that, and the other at home. I'm like, well, what version of Windows are you running? I'm running Windows ME. Uh, I'm like, there's, there's a problem. A problem. <laughs> like, what do you, what, what do you think I should do? Well, either get a better get a change to Windows nine, you know, Windows uh, XP, or get a new computer. He's like, oh, I just thought you could like look at it. I'm like, I don't need to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> and look at it and do what? And what? I'll be mean, look at it and say I'll say the same thing I'm looking at it. Then well, now you know it's so. But yeah, also, now, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, astute listeners may note at this point that none of us has really talked about laptops. We'll get to that for for well, for me anyway. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think that's partially because they were ridiculously expensive, and uh, all of us were, at, from one form or another, some more than others, interested in gaming as a feature. And if you wanted a laptop that was capable of playing the games that were current, it was just, it was two, three times the price. Bless <coughs> it. And yeah, no, it, uh, and that's the thing now is like even, you know, my, I took the girls to, to one of the, uh, tech stores and they're looking at the, you know, what do you want? Oh, I want to, I want a 
I want a laptop. I want this, you know, this laptop. I'm looking at this laptop. I'm like, well, here, look at the laptop. Now go over there and take a look at the, the desktops. And they were like, after like five, ten minutes, they come back. Do you know how much cheaper those things are? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, they are closing the gap with regards to uh, how high-end you can get with quality and the price. But it's it's still significant. It, oh, but it it's, is. yeah, it's There's miles better than it was. I didn't have my first laptop until uh, probably three years ago. I had a laptop that my father gave me when he when where he worked. They had like they got new stuff probably sitting around down here somewhere. Um, <laughs> Ten years ago, same thing for me. My dad had one that was at his company, and it, you couldn't actually use the battery. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a bunch of shit you couldn't install on it. You could basically use a very basic web browser. You could uh, use email. And that was about it. But you had to be plugged into the wall. Yeah, this one was pretty good. And it didn't have, well, not a lot of things had Wi-Fi back then. But this had, this had, uh, came with a Wi-Fi card that you'd plug into the, uh, plug into the side. And it was, it was actually really good because it's, it was a, it came with a dock, and uh, you know, it was for then it was maybe about an inch and a half thick, which was for the time real small. And you know, ironically, my dad did the same thing for me. What is up with that? I don't know, but same thing happened. I, I mean, I, I bought my own laptop. Uh, I think it would have been two thousand five, and I haven't ever considered buying a desktop again. My dad huh. never gave me a work laptop. Because your dad kept it for himself. That's true. So you won't do desktops now, Joel. Nope. Yet another thing you're wrong about. I I I I just don't. For me and and the way that I use my computer, I don't. I need portability. Even though I'm not taking it with me places, um, when I'm working, I, I just on whether it's blog stuff or podcasts or whatever, I got to be portable, and it just it's a it's a better format for me. Is it just like a house thing? Like yeah. A, a permanent area for the computer is not uh, logistically convenient? Well, that too. Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm, because for me, if I'm going to be working on something, nine times out of 10, I'll be in the living room, but there's just not the space in here for a desk um, that would make sense. And with podcasting, when I have to go downstairs or upstairs and I'm moving, you know, it's not feasible to have a desktop that i'm moving every single time uh dude i get you i mean all three of you have seen my house basically any place i live in has an extra bedroom which is where the computers go and we've paid for that over the years well your your entertainment system is a computer yeah primarily (laughs) i i use it more than i do the big tv Hmm. so pat 2003 did you know about this where did he go i'm here oh the first 64-bit processor, AMD's Athlon 64, becomes available to the consumer market. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, 2004, Firefox challenges Microsoft's Internet Explorer. That is something else. That Do you remember when the new version of Internet Explorer used to be a like a thing? Yeah. Like you'd get it in the mail. Oh, I got the new browser. I'm going to put it in there. Oh. Back, back before anybody you know knew there was such a thing as another web browser. Mm-hmm. I mean, Netscape Navigator had already gone away, and Internet Explorer seemed like the top of the line. And Firefox really changed all that. Yep. What about Chrome? The Chrome wouldn't until later. Yeah, I was going to say, Chrome was probably 2006, 2007. Oh, I guess I'd think of Firefox as being 
closer in age to Chrome. No, Firefox was first because I used to use Firefox until Chrome came out, and then I used Chrome. Mm-hmm. That's what I use now, Chrome. Chrome. Me too. Come. So 2004 oh, also was the year that Facebook came out. Yeah, Google Chrome was 2008. Hmm. Let me see. 2005, YouTube is founded. Google acquires Android. It was the Linux-based mobile phone operating system. Uh, 2006, Apple introduces the MacBook Pro. It's an Intel-based dual-core mobile computer and an Intel-based iMac. And Nintendo's Wii game console hits the market. That was a big deal, seeing Intel chips in an Apple product. Because they were pretty much exclusive to Windows before then. Mm-hmm. Intel making that jump over. What? What is? I forgot what company Apple had before then. I thought they were making their own chips. Was it? Uh, maybe Maybe they had some tech from like, vague recollection saying Motorola, but that might be wrong. Hmm. All right, so moving on. 2009, Microsoft winches, Microsoft winches window. What am I talking what? about? What? Microsoft what? launches Windows 7, which offers the ability to pin applications to the taskbar and advances in touch and handwriting recognition, which nobody ever used. Nope. Yeah, I mean, that handwriting recognition was part of what we, we talked about how Apple launched all of these things that didn't quite work. It was part of what made the Newton a joke. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Newton was terrible. That, if you don't know what the Newton is, was the Newton was... No, I remember. They, they even did a joke on on The Simpsons because Nelson had one. Yep. Yeah. It was the the precursor to the Apple, or to the uh, Palm Pilot, which did much better. So, you had one of those when they came out pretty early. Palm Pilot? Yeah, I had a Palm yeah. 3. Yeah, Windows 7. This this would be where I charge back into uh, not skipping OSs. I, I was an early adopter of Windows 7. I was all about it. Yep. Windows 7 was a nice progression i think this may have been the os on the first computer i built myself with my own hands because i'd had people who i knew who were tech geeks build me computers and uh they were uh cheaper but like if anything went wrong you're your own tech support yeah right and uh the first one i built from a case that i had laying around plugging screwing in the motherboard putting all the components in myself. Uh, the first time I tried to power it up, it didn't work. <laughs> I was fucking frustrated. But uh, just adjusted a few things and got it going. And that, that was a pretty solid computer. Uh, I only, uh, although being your own tech support, Sarah, I insist, insisted I go back to pre-built systems because she didn't want to have to deal with me tearing my hair out because the computer was broken again and I couldn't call anyone to fix it. <laughs> Because I did something wrong. The, wor- the worst part isn't when you're when you're building a computer. It isn't that it works. It's when it works and you don't know why. It's like when stuff suddenly starts working and you can't figure out what the hell happened and what you changed to make it work. Right. And then maybe a, a six months or a year down the line, you figure that change that you didn't understand that you made is the reason why your computer seems haunted. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> It's haunted by so good. <laughs> uh, you know, we've uh, abandoned characters over the years. We rarely talk about Mr. No-No's. Uh, there's a character whose name I will not speak. <laughs> He's off in the corner getting high. But uh, I do like Soul Ghost. Well, ironically, Mr. No-No's and Soul Ghost sound very similar. 
Ah, did Mr. Nonos die and become Soul Ghost? No, Mr. Nonos is still here. Okay. Yeah, they're similar though. Anyway, off track. Just to clarify. <laughs> Uh, 2008, uh, no, sorry, 2010, Apple unveils the iPad and changes the way consumers view media and jumpstarting the tablet computer segment. Uh, 2011, now this is kind of a weird thing. Google releases a Chromebook, a laptop that runs a Google Chrome OS, which is very similar to Android. Um, the nice thing about these is it's, it's kind of Apple-ish where you've almost got that walled city type of thing like you were talking about with, uh, you know, like with the iPhones. It's it's a really secure and inexpensive like laptop. I mean, the girls want to get laptops, but I'm I'm leaning towards this because you know you can do a, a lot of stuff on them now that you weren't initially able to do back in uh, 2011 when they first came out. Sure, I mean, if what you basically want to do is access the internet, watch internet videos, do your email. Uh, stuff for school, whatever, and then all of your gaming or utilities are basically apps like you would get on your phone, mm-hmm. and that's enough for you. You can save yourself hundreds and hundreds of dollars by going to a, a, a Chromebook. Yeah. yeah Sarah's can. next laptop will probably be a Chromebook. Yeah. Do they run Microsoft Office? Uh, uh, no, but you can use uh, Google Docs just like the one we're using for show notes now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right there, Pat. I don't. I don't use Microsoft Office anymore. Anyway, I use uh, Open Office. Yep, Open Office all the way. At home, I use Open Office as well. I I boot uh, Microsoft Office now for the first time in like five years because I'm going to college again, and it's what's at the PC lab at school. Ah. Yeah, I think that's the majority of people that use it are businesses, and because we use it at my job. Yeah, it's 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 a business standard. Yeah. Excuse me, my head exploded. <laughs> all right, so going on from there, Facebook. Background Phil, okay. Background Phil is doing all right. I'm okay, Sounds guys. like his head exploded. I'm, a, I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, <laughs> Facebook gains one billion users on 2012 on October 4th, and 2015 Apple releases the Apple Watch, and Microsoft releases Windows 10. You want to upgrade to Windows 10, don't you? Yeah, whether you like it or not, you're going to do it eventually. That, would be that was time. another one I was an early adopter of. Me too. I like Windows 10. I, I like it. It's good stuff. Chewy likes it. I, it. Windows 8 can suck like Satan's dick. But, I mean, <laughs> when Windows 7 and Windows 10 are all right in my book. I like Windows 9. There was no such thing. Satan's dick is burning. It it's went from 8 to 8.1 to 10. I uh I don't know. A lot of people talk about how much they hate Windows 10, but uh, I do think that if you upgraded from a Windows 7 or a Windows 8 computer, maybe your upgrade process wasn't all that smooth. No. I mean, for me, mine was like a, a six of uh, my last computer. It was like a six hour having to fight with it constantly reboot. And it never really worked quite right after but, like, this one came pre-installed with Windows 10, and it's awesome. Yeah, same here. I bought my computer with it when Windows 10 first came out, and I had them pre-install it. I'm just, my computer is still, I'm very happy with it. Hmm. It's the, the one I'm using now. I bought it, like, three years ago when it was top of the line. It's got, like, you know, a ter- I, I got one and a half terabyte hard drive. To ha- you know, uh, the half a terabyte hard drive is a, uh, what do they call it, the um, flash drive. The uh, solid state? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I've got. I've got a solid state for boot up, so it boots up in like 
30 seconds flat. Yep. Yeah. And that's, and that's another, I think thing that um, really made a big transition in the last couple of years was a solid state drive is being able to it, just, yeah, I mean, they used to be that. so expensive and they were touted as, Oh, there's fewer physical components. So they'll fail less. And it turns out, well, now they're still more expensive, but they've come down. But history has told us that they don't fail less; they fail more. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know the reason why, but it is that they they just don't uh, don't last as long. I mean, that's why when I when I went to get the uh, terabyte drive for my PlayStation, the guy at the store was like, "Oh, you totally want a solid state drive for that?" I'm like, "No, I think it's, I'll spend a little less and still get a terabyte, and then just have a hard drive that I know how to handle." Yeah, and really that extra speed in loading up, it's fine if you have a really intense game on there. What you really want on there is your operating system. You want to boot up so you're not waiting for the hard drive to spin. Mm -hmm. Every time you have to restart, I mean, it was a wake-up call with this computer, which I got uh, almost exactly a year ago. Maybe it's 10 months old. And when I had a boot up on solid state, every time I have to reboot, it takes no time at all. It seems like really. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, th- this is becoming standard. What Pat and I have, where you've got like a gig and a half, and the smaller hard drive is a solid state you, that you pretty much put nothing but your operating system on. Cool, Joel. What about uh, you? What? Whatever you're about to say. I was just about to give the update on my most recent uh, computer adventure, which the the computer I have now, which is my Asus laptop that I use for everything I've I bought. Uh, I want to say 2011, maybe, um, at tax time. So almost exactly five years ago. So I've had this that long. Um, and I had some problems with it when I first got it where it would shut off randomly, but I, there was apparently a manufacturing issue. So, uh, I was able to send it back. They fixed it and they sent it back to me. I've not had a single problem with it since and I've been pretty happy with it overall. Very cool. Yeah, Asus. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and now I'm starting to shop for Juliana to get her first computer here soon because she needs it for, well, use it for her art and been saving her own money for it. So eventually I'll be getting another one, but not for me. You were going to say, Josh, though. I, I was just going to comment since you uh, called out the brand you've got. Uh, Asus was never a manufacturer that was on my radar at all. And now both mine and Sarah's primary computers are Asus. Uh, she got hers uh, about two years ago, two and a half. And like I said, mine was just seven months ago. And I've got the one that was supposed to be ready for VR. You were supposed to be able to plug in the Oculus Rift. So it's got like purple light in the front and red lights on the side, like extra little fancy stuff. Cause it's a gaming PC. Mm-hmm. But, uh, both of them were fairly reasonable. They're right around the thousand dollar range. And, uh, the tech was more than I'd expected from a brand that I'd heard of, but didn't really care about. We've had virtually zero problems with them. When I was researching, cause we, we'd had Toshiba's um, prior to that, after the compact finally died, I became a kind of a Toshiba guy and I started looking around cause I wanted to try something else. And I just read a lot of good things about them. And I, I don't know if I would buy one again, I would probably put it towards the top of the list though. For sure. Nice. So, yeah, so the, <clears throat> I've got, uh, yeah, I, I have an Acer for my laptop, which is t- with a touchscreen, which I think touchscreens are awesome on laptops, even though I know Patrick probably have an aneurysm from the amount of fingerprints <laughs> that are on it. 
No, I my my laptop was a touchscreen. I loved it. Oh, good. Mine yeah. was a lap. Uh, yeah, my 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 laptop was nice. Yeah. I loved it, but oh. gone now. Yeah. So uh, I, I I especially like it for playing um, Hearthstone. It's so much easier just just through Hearthstone or Magic Online, just being able to drag the cards to where you want them. I can see that. Uh, yeah, question. Mine was the tablet, the tablet laptop thing that you could switch it all the way around to use it as a tablet. Or nice, yeah. And it was, uh, it was like made to be more indestructible. You could drop it and it wouldn't harm it at all. Cool. Yeah, my mother-in-law has one of those. Those are neat. Yeah. Uh, question for you guys: uh, When it comes to upgrading or replacing components, uh, what's everybody's experience with that? Mike, I haven't had many problems with it. I've. I've uh, I don't do it too often, but I, whenever I have, it's so it's usually just up in the the RAM or adding another hard drive. Nothing spectacular. Okay, so you've gone as far as plugging in RAM sticks. Yeah. Anything yeah. more complicated like heat sinks and thermal paste and CPUs and stuff? That's me. You've done that, okay? Yeah. I, I and it's the biggest, one of the most terrifying things in the world is putting in a new CPU with all those fucking little pins. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, whether you do it right or wrong, when you put the lever down, you're going to hear a crunch, and you don't know if it's a good crunch or a bad crunch until you turn it on. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, just dozens and dozens of pins that you got all have to line up perfectly just to make it fit in there. And then you got to make sure that the, the thermal paste is in there. And just, it's, I've done it once. I don't want to do it again, but I, at least I, I put it under the box of, I know how to do this now. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly where I am. I, I remember I've replaced a ton of power supplies because I have a problem with forgetting to get the air duster in there. Mm-hmm. And then I hear my power supply going, and I know it's got about a month left. Yeah. Yeah. I've done power <laughs> supplies. Not a big deal to do a power supply. I've done hard drives um, hooked up. Uh, let's see. I got you know hooked up a previous, like when I'd get a new computer, I'd take the hard drive out of the old one, turn it into a slave drive, and plug that into the inside of it. So I've linked those in there. Um, never done any soldering. But... Isn't it so much easier now that uh, the hard drive connectors are all standard, like plug and play? Yes. Yep. I I've remember never... having. Oh, go ahead, Joel. I was going to say, I've never done any of that. Really? No. No. It's, it's an adventure. See, I like it because, I mean, like I said before, it's being able to go in there and say, I just need, I instead of saying I need a whole new computer, I just need a new graphics card. Go into the store, I need a graphics card, upgrade this. Of course, then you have that snowball. Oh, you want this graphics card? Yes. Well, then you need a better, bigger power supply. Okay, yep. well, I'll get that too. Oh, if you get a power supply, you know, it's like you give, if you give a, give a, a, mouse, a mouse a muffin, you know, get a new graphics cards you're gonna need a bigger power supply if you get a new big power bigger power supply you're gonna need a better fan if you get a better fan you're gonna you know what's the next thing you know you're walking out of there and dropping almost the same amount of money that you would have spent on a new computer but i think i i mean josh i'm in your boat where i've been able to have a computer last good six seven years yeah, and that's the thing, is you kind of have to know that if you started with a pre-built box, if you add anything better, they have taken the stock power supply, and they have calculated every little last bit of juice they can get out of it and make mm-hmm. the system still stable. So you get anything better, and you needed power supply, and you got to build that into your price calculations. Mm-hmm. But, like, I avoided spending 600 to $1,000 every three years and still being close to, not bleeding edge, but close to cutting edge. For every two, three years, I'd drop $250, $300 and just get myself current. Mm-hmm. 
And that's, I find myself, that's a, the easiest way to do it. You know, it's just, I mean, you buy the pre the pre-built ones. I mean, I, I did have it pretty nice because there was a Tiger Direct actual physical store uh, right near me where I'd be able to go in and just be like, look, I'm looking for this. And then, and the guys there are, you know, a lot better than the techs at, say, Best Buy, you know, where you can go in there and say, I need this, this, and this, and they're not going to try and sell you anything else. They're going to be like, here, there's those parts. What are you doing with it? You know, that sort of thing. Um, now, yeah, I have to hoof it all the way out to Fry's. Oh, I love Fry's. Fry's is, I'll go in there and I'll start off, like, what I like to do is go start and look, start with the casings. Choose which case, and then you just kind of wander around, build a computer in my head. I think the last time I was there, the if I would took all the parts that I wanted to, I was looking at about three thousand to thirty five hundred dollars on the like my supercomputer, which really isn't a lot, but still. I spent seventeen hundred on mine when I bought it. Mm, that was three nice. years ago. Yeah, Pat likes to joke about back in the day when I pulled the Ron Swanson at Best Buy. I walked in and the guy uh, comes up to me, can I help you? And I just look at him, doubt it. <laughs> I, I don't do that at Fry's because I am not entirely sure the I know more than you gag is even true. Right. Yeah, those guys know the shit. Yeah, those guys are true hardcore computer nerds. Yeah. I love Fry's. Fry's is a lot of fun. I've, I've never, never had a question that they couldn't answer. Wait, you haven't been to Fry's, Joel? Uh-uh. What? Imagine a Sam's Club, but it's all electronics. Like, not all computers, but all just electronics stuff. Hmm. And it's that size, and the uh, PC and PC components is probably a third of the store. It's basically, it's Best Buy done right. Yeah, it really is. Um, I uh, have, I bought my last two computers from there, and uh, most of the parts for the one I built myself which would have been three PCs ago from there. Very happy with my experience there. Yep. I've heard of it. I've just never actually physically been to one. That was where I bought my laptop. Can't take Jay there. You lose him. <laughs> I, I believe it. So, They're like, you want a job? You're like, He's like, no. And the, and the cool thing about it, too, is they've got all sorts of Maybe. crazy stuff. You've got the mechanical keyboards and... You know, oh man, I, I can't get. I want to get into that world, but knowing that I'm going to podcast, I can't. I know. I already type too fucking loud. Yeah, that's the problem. They clack people, and clacka. Yeah, for people not in the know, mechanical keyboards is this rabbit hole world where each of the keys has a physical up and down switch, and most of them make a very satisfying tactile and audible click when you press them down. And you get customized keys, uh, crazy like uh, 3D printed keycaps. You can spend tens of thousands of dollars on a mechanical keyboard, no joke. And it won't be any bigger than I've seen some of them that don't even have a number bar on them because they, yeah, they it's have its own hobby. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. I've but, never oh, heard of this. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous and awesome at the same time. Yeah, dude, just I know you use Reddit. Go on to Reddit and type mechanical keyboard. You will fall down a rabbit hole. How seriously these guys take it. And I, I, I've used one, and it is different, just feeling every satisfying button press. That's what I like about it is that, that click to it, the snap to it. It's really nice. But yeah, yeah it's there. And then, then the, three, the 3D printed keys are also very cool. So if you want to have like a specific color scheme to your 
to your keyboard, you can get specific keys made for them. Or you want the escape key to look like Batman's helmet, you can do that. A lot of people replace W, A, S, and D since those are going to be your standard movement. I'm just looking down at my keyboard now. I have a backlit keyboard, and you can see that uh, you can kind of see through the W, A, S, and D because I've started to wear off the black lacquer just from overuse of those keys. Mm-hmm. I'm using the keyboard right now that I started playing WoW with, and there are no, there is no W, A, S, D on my keys. <laughs> it's They're gone. Yeah, and, that, and I'm sure uh, that's sort of the reverse because on that, the W, A, S, and D were printed on this. And on this one, it's a black lacquer over a clear red uh, okay. key. Cool. So as you wear off the black lacquer, it becomes more and more clear red. Yeah. All right. You guys got uh, anything else you want to contribute to the talking about uh, computers yeah dude i could talk about nice. this stuff forever you, you get to the point where you got nearly a thousand games on your steam account between uh being a college student and uh this being my primary hobby between podcasting social media and all of the pc gaming i do if i'm not asleep i'm probably on a keyboard mm-hmm. that's uh that's about the same for me between work and and home, I have a headset on and a computer in front of me probably 75% of the day, just about. All right. Pat, how about you? How about me? How about How about it? you? Well, all right. So, Joel, what no, are you I'm always on the computer as well. Like, yeah. Uh, I spend pretty much all my time in front of my computer. If I'm not, all your tabs. If I'm, not, if I'm at home, I'm usually sitting in front of my computer because I'll watch – I get – um. I'll, I'll watch stuff on the internet on it too, you know, like like TV shows and movies and stuff. So, I, you know, I, I I tend to watch things on my computer before I even watch them on my television. Hmm. So I guess what we're saying is we spend an unhealthy amount of time on the computer. Please send help. Pretty, pretty <laughs> much. Yes, yes. I'd say that's a fair. Like, okay, these are, the, these are the specs on my on my new com- the, the computer that I, that I currently am on. I just loaded up a program that uh, three point five gigahertz Intel Core uh, processor. So that's pretty decent. 206 kilobytes of memory, full gig of secondary memory, multi-core, whatever the hell that is, hyper-threaded. I don't know. Multi-core. <laughs> right. Uh, 1.2 gigabyte. Yeah, 1.2 gigabytes and then a 4.2 gigabyte. That's the, the one with, that we were talking about before. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's a decent computer. I got a full gig of uh, of memory, a full gig of RAM. Oh. Yeah, what? Yeah, here's that's curious. What are, wait, what are all you guys? A full? Uh, you only have one gig of RAM? Or uh, wait, where is it? No, no. I was gonna say you it, for the, a system with those specs, you should have at least eight. I have eight point one three or eight, yeah, megabytes. So yeah, your system is very similar to mine. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I, I went to I went to the shop where the guys, you know, that's what they do is they build custom computers, and I told them I wanted the like the nicest one they had, and they showed me a package that they had, and I bought that and i added the the other half uh flash drive thing nice all right so it's it's, it's nice enough that three years later it still can run just about everything cool so joel what do we got on tap for next week (laughs) next week we are gonna find out if it's a tumor or not (laughs) we're doing kindergarten cop one and two featuring dolph lundgren that's gonna be upsetting (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, 
kindergarten cop. It was yeah. Bound to happen eventually. Yeah. Well, if you want to tell us about uh, your experience with computers, yell at us about not talking about Macs enough. Uh, well, actually, if you want to yell us about not talking about Macs enough, I I wouldn't waste my time. Thank you but, for calling uh, in, Jay. <laughs> Jay we'll, we'll give you Jay's phone number and you can talk about Macs with Jay. But if uh, you want to leave us any voicemail, you can give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Right. And if you're looking for our older stuff, remember we're on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. All right. You guys have a great night, and uh, thanks for listening. I'm a pioneer, not an alcoholic.